Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. If you can tune into your purpose and really align with it, setting goals so that your vision is an expression of that purpose, then life flows much more easily. And that's a quote by Jack Canfield. I am so excited. I know I always say this, but this is like plus, plus, plus excited and honored to introduce our next guest on The Profitable Photographer. And you'll hear why in just a minute. So like, hang on with bated breath. <laughs> um, before I do, I would just love, love, love for you to go to lucydumascoaching.com, Lucy with an I. There are a couple of gifts there. One is seven tips for attracting your ideal client. And another is an ebook called 10 Big Ideas for Marketing in the Real World. So um, that will kind of get you also in communication so that when the news of, of my group coaching program starts, you'll be the first to know. Okay, so I'd love to introduce you to Christopher Salem. He is an accomplished CEO, executive coach, world-class speaker, award-winning author, certified mindset expert, radio show host, and media personality, and a wellness advocate. He mentors business leaders like us and organizations to scale their brands and businesses by raising their level of influence as trusted advisors. And Christopher, I'm going to uh, bring that term up in a minute because it is one of my favorites. So I wanted to share that it was fun to see you put that in your bio. Um, he has a best-selling book, Master Your inner critic, resolve the root cause and creating prosperity. And he has co-authored a recent edition of Mastering the Art of Success with Jack Canfield. And be sure to tune into his weekly radio show, Sustainable Success, which is part of the Voice of America Influencers channel. So Christopher, thank you so much for being on my show and welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Lucy, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I I was trying to remember how we met, and it was one of my first coaches, Debbie Allen, um, when I started uh, building a coaching program after 30 plus years as a full-time photographer. The first thing I did was go to Debbie Allen's three-day uh, workshop called the Highly Paid Expert. Um, that was it, right? Yes, it was. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I presented uh, for uh, Debbie, did a masterclass uh, that she invited me to do. Yeah, that was great. Okay. Hey, Christopher, I would love to know a little about your background. You know, how did you get into the things that you're so passionate about that you help others with? Well, Lucy, it was something that, that, came, that evolved over time through experience. I wouldn't say it was something that from you know, when I was a kid, like, hey, I want to speak on mindset. So it was something that evolved out of the challenge that I had been living in throughout my, my child, child development years, throughout my teens, my college years, and throughout my 20s. So, you know, you know, I always knew I had a good worth ethic. You know, I developed that from both my parents. The thing, the challenge that I went through is I had a hard time keeping relationships. I was, uh, in hindsight, I didn't know this at the time, a passive and aggressive in terms of my behavior mm. and communication. I grew up codependent and was a perfectionist because of what I learned growing up. I grew up in a codependent home. And as a result of that, you know, you, know, you, you do what you only know and what you observe. Now I had, you know, didn't know it at the time, but I had a strong need for validation growing up because I didn't get it from my father who was often not around. And when he was, he was checked out, emotionally not available, could be verbally and emotionally abusive. Now, as a result of this, this had a dramatic effect upon my, my development. It, it affected my self-esteem, my confidence, my ability to make the, you know, swift decisions, take calculated risks, 
follow through with action. I had a good work ethic. And that's what, you know, obviously got me through, especially through college and got me through, you know, throughout my 20s. But I was a very angry individual. Mm. Now, one of the things that I had a knack for, even during when I was going through a very challenging time, I just always had this ability that certain people that were going through a difficult time, whether if it were in business, whether if it were in personal, they always felt comfortable talking to me. Mm. Now, when I was able to take care of myself, you know, again, this, and I'll go through the story, the, I was able to even be more of an impact now in this case for people, but people had always gravitated to me that they felt comfortable about talking about things that they would never talk about with their loved ones, a significant other, no one except me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm talking about people that sat next to you on a plane and didn't I, know you from Adam. Yeah, Christopher, I'm exactly the same. I was just going to say I've had so many conversations on planes where people say, I can't believe I'm telling you this. I've never told anybody this. So yeah. I, I love, it, you know, you connecting the dots here. I'm, I'm like relating to what you're saying. So uh, continue, please. Sure. Well, I mean, throughout my 20s, I was a I was a sales professional and I had worked, uh, started my career working for an insurance service company and then eventually migrated into media. And while I, I was a great producer, I was able because of my worth ethic, I had a hard time still sustaining relationships because of my passive aggressive behavior and communication. A codependent in me was that I was a pleaser and enabler. I would go out of my way to do everything to help someone or to do what they desired, seeking their validation. And when that validation was not to the level that I was looking for, I would get upset and angry at them, or I could be very aggressive and place high expectations onto people. And then when it went unfulfilled, again, I would point the finger and uh, could really lay into someone. So this had a really a dramatic effect negatively on establishing long-term relationships. So while I could grow a business well, I could, you know, make a lot of sales, you know, I couldn't sustain it. And then I'd have to start all over again with, you know, a brand new cast of characters uh-huh. uh, in order to do that. Now, with that being said, I mean, I went through a life changing experience when my father was uh, dying of lung cancer at the age of 56. Oh. And he ended up giving me the greatest gift that I, you know, have been seeking from him ever since I was a kid. You know, I, it was, it was just through a, 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 like a communication exchange that we had that he couldn't talk verbally, but it was like, he was communicating to me in a different way. And he said, if I could have done it differently, you know, I would have, I would have been the father you desired me, but I didn't know how mm. See, my father was only simply repeating what he had learned from growing up from his father. He didn't, you know, he, his father alienated him. And so he was just repeating the same things that he knew. So his own limiting beliefs got in the way of, you know, establishing himself as a better father, a better husband, and so on, that that got passed on to me, I was gonna, I was in essence, repeating those same mistakes, and I would have done so had I been married at that time, and had children. So that was the aha moment for me that the light bulb went off and said to myself, no matter what has ever happened to you in your life, even if it's traumatic, and something you never asked for, it's still your responsibility to do something about it. And that was for the first time I took responsibility for my behavior, my actions, my communication, my attitude, how I was feeling, and that that I had to do something to get better at what I where I was and where I was going. I didn't know how, I didn't know what I was going to do at the time, but but I took one step forward, and I ended up finding a process that allowed me to get to the root cause of my limiting beliefs, the need for validation. And developing from that same place, from a growth mindset, the ability to rewire the way I think, to embrace challenges, to see the blessings disguised in the setbacks, to trust the process of controlling what I can, letting go of anything else beyond my control, and allowing the results to be a byproduct of that process, not tied to expectations. So expectations are not in my vocabulary. I do not operate from expectations, nor do I put expectations onto other people. We set goals and parameters for each other to work towards trusting that process. So this shifted my whole way of thinking to where I am today and what got me into helping business leaders, business professionals, sales professionals, speakers, coaches, and helping them to build a success foundation that would not only allow them to grow and scale their own businesses or a business that they worked in, 
but also their own personal brands. And this is uh, the things that I do today. And I do this for companies overall in helping them to build interdependent work environments using a, a growth mindset and core values as the foundation and then leveraging that through active listening, effective communication and transparent leadership. Mm. So that's, that's the backstory of what's led to today my passion for helping people reach people, individuals and groups of people and companies to reach their full potential and to sustain and maximize it from a different way of thinking going forward. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> so many thoughts um, about what you're sharing. And one of them, if I'm pretending I'm one of my listeners, which of course, actually I am, is like, well, how does this all relate to business? And what I love is that you not only um, had your aha moment and decided to make changes that I'm assuming impacted your personal life as well, but I so believe that when we grow as people, we can thrive and be more successful in, in every aspect, including our careers. And that um, like for me, Christopher, I've been coaching now uh, for about seven years and have been in this photography industry uh, for, um, I'm going on 40, holy cow. Um, <laughs> And I too have a codependent, um, what would we call it? Sort of the ground of my being and in a way that um, had negative effects, you know, people that don't always want someone else jumping in and trying to tell them <laughs> how to live their life, uh, you know, not, the, not always welcome. And one day I realized that as a coach, I'm actually doing that same kind of behavior of helping people, but it's in an elevated way where it's welcome and it's appropriate to be letting people, um, as you said, tell those stories and, and then go deep and then see how, um, you know, how we can connect the dots. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're using our powers for good rather than yeah, coming from a an unhealthy, dysfunctional. Like for me, trying to get validation, trying to be liked, trying to have people love me and not leave because you know I was trying to fix them all the time. And and now people hire me to do do the better version of that. Absolutely. So so the thing is, is that you know a great coach you know, leads by example, they're resourceful, they empower people to draw their own conclusion of whether or not they're going to move forward with something that can improve their life, their business, and so on. So people that do for people just do, 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 and are pleaser enablers are just keeping people stuck where they are. And oftentimes, they're keep their self stuck. See, if, if we're going to be truly successful in life and business, it's a process. It's 24 seven. It's not something you do once in a while or something you do for a few months and then you don't have to do it again. It's ongoing. Mm -hmm. Your success is found in your daily routine, why you do what you do each and every day. And what happens is why people have successful lives. It doesn't mean they don't have issues or setbacks like everybody else they do. It's just that they think differently. They think differently to be different, to then become different, to, to do different, and then have and achieve different and better results. They trust the process. They know how to control only what they can, and that is their communication to their self and other people, their behavior, their attitude, emotions. You can't control your thoughts, but you can choose the thoughts to pay attention to through the emotions that will serve you in the course of action. See, the reality is why most people don't have success in their relationships with their well-being in their businesses, and it's not consistent. They may be successful in business, but their personal lives are turned upside down. The reason for that is because it all comes down to, again, why they do what they do each and every day that serves them to raise their level of confidence and self-esteem. It's your confidence and self-esteem, not in an arrogant way, because that's actually coming from a codependent state mm -hmm. from a place of where you love yourself and you trust yourself and you have compassion and empathy for yourself 
in a way subtly that you could be a powerful example and resource for others. People are drawn subconsciously to people that operate in that level of harmony, where that, that, that confidence level and that self-esteem level is vibrating at a higher level that attracts people to them. And this is what leads to more opportunities. Doesn't mean you have challenges. They just look at challenges as part of the process. They welcome versus people that are codependent or struggling in other areas of their life or business try to resist it. They try to resist change. They don't adapt to it. And that's because they're operating from a, a level of, of lower self-esteem and confidence. We think we can mask it, but subconsciously that energy shows up and mm -hmm. it plays out in how you make decisions, how you take risks, how you follow through, how you communicate with others, how you behave around certain others. And all these have an impact negatively or positively, depending upon what state of being that you're in. Your so daily routine of consistent disciplines and habits will not only allow you to get to the root cause of any limiting beliefs or the things that have been holding your confidence down or your self-esteem down, but from the same place, help to build it up and sustain it over time that will then begin to reflect in everything you do. You start taking care of yourself to be a better example for your significant other, for your kids. You do certain things to be a, a better example or resource for the people that work for you, that you work with or you work for. And these are the things that over time, as you're able to adapt to whatever is happening around you beyond your control, then you, can, you, you will be able to achieve more long-term. So again, we can't control another person's communication, what they perceive, what we said, or what they're going to say. We can't control their emotions, their attitude, their behavior, or course of action. We can't control things that are outside of us that are, that are bigger than people themselves. We can't control COVID. We can't control the economy, what's happening in our industry. What, how the weather is going to be today. But we get, as people, we get caught up in the control we can't control. That's where codependency exists. They operate from a fixed mindset, fear-based thinking. And then from that place, it lowers our self-esteem and confidence where we begin to then resist certain things. And this is what leads us to down a path of uh, just, you know, managing the problem and just kind of going through the motions. Got it. And so so Christopher, I have two questions. First of all, you and I know what codependency means. Can you, for people that maybe aren't familiar with that term? Sure. Uh, I'll explain that what codependency is and interdependency. So codependency means that oftentimes people are often are caught up in the control they can't control. They're caught up in COVID. They're caught up in fear as projected by the media. Their control, they're, 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 they get, they feel like they, they have no control over their own communication, their own emotions, their self, their, their attitude. Everything is contingent upon something outside of them. Mm -hmm. So they're putting their power outside of them. They're always trying to, you know, control somebody else's stuff, not their own. Right. So this is why they, they deflect responsibility. This is why they blame other people. This is why they go out of their way to please and enable other people mm -hmm. for, for fulfilling something they feel they're going to get that's going to fill that emptiness that's inside of them. And it, and it just never happens. Right. So codependency is always means that we place the power of things outside of us. So everything that we that that's worth striving for is always outside of us. Right. Interdependency go, approaches things from the inside out. It's it, that it, it owns the in your role, in your duties, whatever that is in your life and business, you start from within. It's how we think and how we think determines how we be, how we be determines how, what we become, what we become determines how we do things. And then and then from there, how we achieve uh, and have better results. We trust the process. We're not tied to expectations to outcomes. We operate to only with what we could control in the moment and work with the puzzle pieces that we have at that time, knowing that other pieces will come into our power each day, each week, each month, each quarter, and so on to complete the puzzle or to right. achieve the results we seek. Right. So it's a different way of thinking. Interdependency, again, starts from the inside out, controlling what we can only. Codependency means we're, we're, we're doing every, our, everything is contingent upon outside of us mm -hmm. to the things that we can't control. People right. who operate from codependency use words like want and need all the time. Or and should, try. should's a big one also. Should, try, want, and need. Those are all words that say 
that that my happiness, my wealth, my success is all outside of me. And when it doesn't work to my favor, then I'm not going to be successful. Right. Interdependency operates from will and desire, meaning I will do everything I can within my control. I desire for this to be this, and I will only focus on what I can control only to make that happen. So even the words you use can be quite powerful, and they also share versus tell. Mm, right, right. Yeah, I um, I attended a lot of Al-Anon meetings for you know different family members and codependents anonymous back in the day and one of the cores that i kind of that stuck with me is when we when we do for others what we could what they could or should do for themselves that is um codependency and i i have a like a little gauge of um have i stepped over the line and if something happens in a relationship or business or personal, and I think, well, how could you do this after all I've done for you? I know that I have slipped into um, an unhealthy balance in the relationship. So thank you for that. So second question, you mentioned that uh, developing confidence and self-esteem is how you can make those changes and become more magnetic to everything that you want. How does somebody develop confidence and self-esteem? Well, the way you do it is that you have to desire and, and will and will make the effort to embrace the process that will allow you to get there. You have it's about getting to the root cause of those limiting beliefs that subconsciously are impacting your self-esteem, your confidence how you communicate to others in a passive or aggressive or both way, your behavior, how you make decisions, how you take calculated risk and how you follow through with action, how you re react to situations, you know, through your emotions. So I'm looking for some, some specific tips, like three or four things people can just Easy. like go do um, or study or reach out or learn or, it's a question of, do you want to get to, do you want to manage the problem or do you want to solve the problem? So the thing is, is it's first one is awareness that you're not where you want to be and you commit to a process to resolve the problem and then creates the solution. Great. Second is then, then, you know, implementing the process that's going to get you out of the problem into the solution. And, th and that process includes mindfulness. That is meditation, journaling. Those are the two core habits that done every day for the rest of your life mm -hmm. over time will allow you to get to the, you know, to the subconscious level where it begins to reveal to your conscious mindset, what's holding you back, what's getting in the way, what can you let go and forgive the source in yourself to move forward, to clean the slate, to rewire your brain, to think in a different way. And it's from that same place that you develop your, your confidence and self-esteem. And you do that through other habits making your bed in the morning. That could be an example. You're getting focused on accomplishing one task at a time that leads to more. And then again, again, bigger tasks that could be working out, taking yourself, taking care of yourself physically and emotionally. That can be, you know, being more, you know, reading as you read, you get more clarity and you begin to develop yourself intellectually in a way that you can make intelligent decisions in a more, you know, more precise manner. You, you end up communicating more specific, clear, and concise versus based on assumption and speculation, which you often find in codependency. And then from there, it could be other things that you do. So your daily routine, when done each day, each week, each month, each quarter, each year for the rest of your life, will serve to get you out of the problem, into the solution, and then from that same place, change your way of thinking how to embrace the process of controlling what you can, letting go of what you can't, and letting the results be a byproduct. And that allows you to shift away from codependent behavior and communication to interdependent communication and behavior, and to be more of an example and resource for others over through your example to do over time. I love this it. is what, and sometimes we have to create boundaries. Sometimes we have to get out of toxic relationships. Mm. So that, again, will allow you to make those decisions, whereas otherwise, 
if you were still in that same state of mind that wasn't serving you, you'd still be caught up in those relationships. You'd be in a toxic partnership with a spouse, a business partner, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Right. So in my coaching, I have noticed even some people have had to change their relationship with spiritual communities or I don't know, groups. So it's not just individual relationships with, with single people, but sometimes even communities can, uh, to me, be toxic. And we need to, I love that you mentioned that, setting those boundaries, um, which often means that, you know, when we get better, uh, people think something's wrong with us and we're, you know, they try to get us back to where we were. Would you, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. That there's that push pull. I can't remember the, the psychiatrist, psychologist that taught that. Uh, it's a, a woman where she used mobiles and people in relationships and how if one person changes, it kind of upsets the apple cart and the rest of the community is going to work hard to try to- yeah. Sustain balance and yeah. you know it takes courage it takes a lot of courage sometimes you have to leave re toxic relationships i've seen this a lot with my coaching where people had to walk away from marriages because mm -hmm. you know even though the the other person was happy that that the other person was getting better but it, now it began to now expose their own stuff and they couldn't face it so it was right. actually easier to stay in that toxic relationship instead of facing their own stuff. And that's what, you know, in this case it had, you know, caused the, the, the relationship to uh, run its course. Yeah. But these are all things necessary to grow. And, right. and the only time we grow is when we do our part, we mm -hmm. can't just rely upon that something else greater than us is going to do all the work you have. You have to also do, be, do the work. It's a two way street. I like it. Yep. So this is, um, goes back to your intro where you mentioned that you mentor people to become trusted advisors. And my entire coaching program on how to sell photography is to set that foundation. And I use the term trusted advisor. And I would love for you to share what you mean by that, what that looks like, how that impacts Sure. Success. Well, a trusted advisor is just, again, a byproduct of everything we talked about coming from that, that higher level of confidence and self-esteem from a grounded space, not a, from a place of arrogance and, and, and again, a low self-esteem. With that being said, a trusted advisor is not what you do. It's why you do what you do. It's the ability to be resourceful and be the example for the audience you serve and why you do what you do, how you can really get in line aligned with your core values? How does that align with your, your, your company, your products and services, the types of people you serve? You're never gonna be everything for everyone, but you're always gonna be something for someone, in this case, more than one person. Mm -hmm. So it's learning that if we're, gonna, if we're gonna grow our business in a smarter way, it's knowing that we can't throw mud at a wall and see what sticks. We, it's, it's about aligning with people on shared values. Like my values are transparency, honesty, and integrity. I operate from those values 24 seven. I mean, you know, if you saw me behind closed doors and when you see me in public, it's the same. It's mm -hmm. consistent, but it's consistent only because of the daily routine that I operate from each and every day. I operate from my values, not someone else's. Many people don't even realize they're operating from someone else's values because they've been led to believe by doing that, that will make their life better and be more successful. Mm. That's not the case. It doesn't mean the people you're going to connect with are going to have the same values, but they could have similar values. Like, so if somebody is trustworthy and ethical and values someone who follows through, can that relate to my values? Absolutely. So it's finding that common ground where we can connect subconsciously on something on why I do what I do. That's compelling to them. It's about them. And when you give them a reason why they feel that you, that you relate to them and they feel understood, now they're interested in what you do. And if you're sharing versus telling how your products and services can help them to help themselves or their business, they're more likely to make draw that conclusion for themselves. So they're actually enrolling themselves in your business. You're not selling them. And when they make a commitment based upon why you do what you do, 
to now knowing what you can do to help them, when they do their part to have a better experience, they're going to be a great referral source because they're going to get better results and they're going to refer you and you repeat that process. That's what a trusted advisor does each and every day, regardless if it's in their personal life or and, and of course in their business, both. It's consistent. It's not one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I love that you said share rather than tell, because I notice, especially in my community of creatives, the whole idea of selling has a very potentially negative um, picture for people that they have to push and they have to try to talk somebody into something. And what you just said, when you're sharing, when you create that feeling, this what summarizing um, what, what I heard you say, when you are aligned with people and you, you gain the trust, you know, trusted advisor and where they feel like you have integrity and, um, and they're attracted to you and feel like you care about them, then they're open to what you said, having, having us share with them the product or the service that we're offering. And, and then it's not pushy. It's just, it's a matter of communicating the value and, in a deeper way. So yeah, yes. I love that. Thank you, Christopher, for that perspective and that sort of great way to explain how, um, you know, for me, what I'm hearing is then we're not like pushy salespeople. We're, you know, like car dealers get a, get a negative rap. And yet the people, I don't know about you, but people that I've purchased cars from have been people that did me a great service to help me learn uh, and listen and what I might want and then help me figure out, you know, what the right, uh, the right choice was. So um, yeah. Yeah. Is there, let's see, I know you like to share two habits um, that will change the quality of our practice and our life. And you also are, um, you have your eight pillars of wellness. That's a topic we could go into. Um, Can you pick one of those and we'll kind of do a deep dive into that? Sure. Well, the, the habits we talked about, you know, the meditation and journaling being the two core habits, you know, meditating, writing down, or, or, you know, you know, allowing your subconscious mind over time to speak to your conscious mindset. When you journal, you're writing down whatever comes to mind. You don't overanalyze. You don't overthink. There's no intention. You just write whatever comes to mind. This is how you're going to be able to see what's been getting in your way. The things that have been, you know, getting, you know, holding you back from your full capability, your full potential. These are the things that help me to move on of my limiting beliefs. Now, the eight pillars of wellness is, is a place that is something you do when you have, when you're operating in the solution, you, you're operating now free from those limiting beliefs. Your confidence is up. Your self-esteem is up. How you maintain that harmony. Notice I used harmony because there's no such thing as balance. Like a seesaw is never going to be balanced on its access point perfectly. It's going to teeter. Now, if you try to balance anything, it's going to be quite exhausting, very difficult, and usually will not last more than <laughs> many times, just a few seconds, you know, mm-hmm. you could, it's not going to stay that way. So it's right. all about harmony, just that give and take that teetering process. Mm. So the eight pillars of wellness allows you to achieve work-life harmony, work-life harmony. When we can find harmony with our life, you know, that's our relationships, our well-being, and our, and our, also in our careers, our net worth and, you know, things that, you know, that we like to do with our freedom, when we can find that harmony, this is where we can find our level of success, whatever that means to, to you. Success is not determined about, you know, because somebody has a certain amount of money, or they have this type of house or this kind of car, that's comparing yourself to somebody else that just creates stress. And that's a codependent behavior. With that being said, when you can really operate and utilize the eight pillar was wellness, you can find that harmony. And the eight pillars of wellness are as follows. Social wellness. That's the relationship with yourself and other people. Shifting away from codependency to 
interdependency. Independent is in between that. Now, independent is better than codependent, but independent means that, yeah, you own your role and duties and things, and you're, you're accountable to, to make, you know, to grow, but you're not allowing yourself to be an example and be resourceful for others to do the same. Mm, okay. so other people. So, so in this case, interdependency is where when we can strive to get to become interdependent, we can find more harmony with our social well-being. And that requires first having a relationship with yourself before some before someone else, regardless if it's romantic, personal, or in business. Next is emotional well, well, well-being, operating free from limiting beliefs. That's getting to the root cause of the problem. And then knowing that we can regulate and control our emotions. We can't control our thoughts, but we can choose the thoughts that we pay attention to to respond from a, from a positive emotion. So those are the things that are ongoing that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Physical wellness is how we take care of our physical bodies, nutrition, how we move and exercise, finding that harmony there. Every body type is going to be different. So it's not because somebody that works out this way or eats a certain way is going to be the same for you. It's finding what kind of nutrition and exercise routine is going to best work for you, your blood type, your your body type, and so on. Next is financial wellness, your relationship with money. Did you grow up from a place of of a lack of or money doesn't grow on trees versus having an abundant mindset, regardless if you have that money physically in your possession. Mm. And, and financial is about you know trusting the process, knowing that when you give without expectation from empathy and kindness, an interdependent trait versus pleasing and enabling, which is a codependent trait, it comes back to you. You receive without resistance. Many people are do not receive well. I didn't, I don't, you don't need to give that to me. I didn't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. They always think that, oh, I have to, do something for the exchange to receive something, you know, in return. That's the mistake that a lot of people make financially. And they're not only denying themselves, but they're denying the other person who's offering to give and denying other people around. So it's the law of prosperity. So it's changing your way of thinking around money about everything is abundant, being grateful for what you have and welcoming, you know, things that come into your possession with gratitude and being humble about it. So that's financial well-being. Then there's intellectual or spiritual well-being. That is the belief in yourself and your higher power. Many people place all their faith in their higher power, their God, but have no faith in themselves. They, they, that doesn't even, it's not even part of the equation. It doesn't mm. work that way. If you're looking for harmony, you have to have faith in yourself in conjunction with your higher power. That's the thing that oftentimes people are out of alignment spiritually. Uh, intellectual wellness, just like we go to the gym to work out. We have to nurture our minds with reading, with puzzles, with trivia versus watching five hours of TV a day or scrolling through social media and emails that are, you know, that just waste time and keep you busy, but not productive. So these are the examples how we have to nurture so we can make better decisions. We can take calculated risks. We can follow through with action. And then finally, there's uh, two more. There's occupational wellness. It's not what you do. It's why you do what you do. And when you find out why you you can find that purpose and why what you do, even if it's not your dream job or your dream career, if you could at least find a why to operate from, from those values, that's still good enough. And and then finally, environmental wellness. That's your, your, your environment that you operate in, your personal life at home, in your car, in your workplace. Is it organized? If it's not organized, oftentimes if there's clutter in your life and business, there's clutter in your mindset right. and you're operating now from fear, from, from, you know, that things are, you're more busy, but not productive. Mm-hmm. Learning to be organized will help you to have, be more calm, to make better decisions, to take to calculate risks, to follow through. And it doesn't mean that you're ultra organized because that's a form of perfectionism, which is also a codependent trait, not healthy. So again, it's about harmony. When you can find harmony with those eight pillars of wellness, they're like dominoes. They will impact one another in a positive way versus a negative way. Right. If you take care of yourself emotionally and spiritually, is that going to impact you physically? Sure. You're not going to eat sugary foods, you know, foods you know, that are fried. You're not, you're not medicating yourself with foods to kind of escape the emotional and spiritual pain. So you can see how it can work one way to the other. And the whole idea is to find that harmony 
not that balance. It's the harmony. And it's from there how you can sustain your level of thinking to be, to become, to do, and have mm. better results. Christopher, I really love that perspective and about harmony, not balance. And um, I used to be in a, a choir. So harmony is important in a choir, right? Yep. Um, and what I began to learn, um, because I, I had a friend who I called her the pitch meister because she could hit that right note, not just close to it, but like spot on. So I liked to, to sit next to her and we would work hard to get the notes exactly right together. And what I noticed is if one of us wasn't quite like if she wasn't quite getting it, or if I was sitting next to somebody who was a little wavery, my vocal cords would align with hers and I would be off as well. And when I sat next to my friend, if one of us got like right on it, the other just fell right into line. And it was, it was a really surprising experience. And now when you're talking about the harmony in life, it to me is like the perfect illustration because things will fall together easier when even if, uh, at least I'm thinking, Christopher, if we get some things in play, because it's kind of hard to like, boom, I've got those eight pillars of wellness all happening together. But do you think that like, if we start journaling and we improve our physicality that then some of the other things want to line up in harmony? Like, what are your thoughts on? Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you, again, can, you know, can focus on each day in the moment. I mean, again, right now you and I are on this podcast, like I'm not thinking about what I got to do. And, you know, at that, at, you know, at the top of the hour, I'm thinking about that. I'm here listening to you and then I'm sharing information. So when we can just be in the moment and trust the process of controlling what you can and what you know only, that's where your power is. Mm. And that's where, like, if we can do that socially, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, uh, occupationally, intellectually, and environmentally, is how we can begin to do our part to find that alignment, that, that harmony that's going to help us to sustain our growth and, in, you know, without allowing ourselves to regress, you know, when we, when we come, when we don't work those eight pillars. So again, we can only do our part. We can only do what we know and mm -hmm. we have to trust the process, whatever is going to be another part of that equation that it's going to do its part, whether if it's other people, you know, something bigger than you and I, whatever that may be, it's just trusting that process. Mm -hmm. And that's the key. That's where the power is controlling what you can owning that power and not getting caught up in the power, you know, uh, you know, in the power you can't control outside of you. Got it. Whew. This is so good. Thank you so much for sharing um, and being on my show. I'm just yes. really uh, can't wait to hear the feedback from my listeners about how this interview and all of these thoughts have impacted them already because i'm sure i will hear from people um so i have two more questions one is how people can get in touch with you and i know that you have uh, a gift that you offer to my guests so can you share uh, the easiest way to get in touch with you and how to get your gift Sure, absolutely. Well, um, you can you can check me out at my website at uh, ChristopherSalem.com. It's all one word, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-S-A-L-E-M. You could also find me on LinkedIn at Christopher Salem. Be great to connect with you there. Or if you ever like to just reach out and connect, I'd love to get to know about you and your business at Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. So Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. My, my gift to everyone is if you go to the homepage of ChristopherSalem.com, go about, scroll down right to the middle. There's, a, if you put your email in there, you can receive a 31-day mindset clarity program. 
We'll send you a question each and every day. It's a thought-provoking question to kind of see what can be holding you back and what are some of the things that you can do to help you move out of your limiting beliefs towards a place where you can operate, you know, in it with a clear or a growth mindset. And it, it just offers a lot of value in it and it's free to you and my gift to, you know, at least get you, you know, on your way of thinking in a different way so that you can be to become to do and have the results that you desire to, to reach as long as you have a, a, a strategy, a business strategy, of both personally and your business in place and have laid out all your goals within your control that you know right now only and following that plan. Thank you. I, I can't wait to sign up for it myself. Um, so the last question is um, either an opportunity if there's something that you would love to share information-wise or idea-wise that you haven't yet, or a parting thought that you'd like people to uh, take away from today? I would say that uh, th this is a, a quote. Well, actually, I even say it, it's, a, it's a quote, but it's really a statement. If you operate from this statement and truly live it each and every day, and a lot of times people hear it and they love it, it sounds great to them, but they don't actually live it. But if you live it each and every day, it will change your life over time. As long as that the things we shared about today that you find a way to build your foundation, get out of the problem, build your foundation to build that sustainable success uh, model for yourself. That's give without expectation. So it's not that you're giving everything away. That's like a form of pleasing and enabling. Right. But giving, giving without expectation from empathy and kindness. That's again, being the example and being a resource for others to do the same for themselves. You're helping them to help themselves through your behavior through your attitude, through your communication, through your emotions and through your course of action. And then being a resource where they can tap into that to do things for themselves. So when you give without expectation, you receive without resistance, meaning that when it comes back to you, from wherever it comes back, you receive with, with gratitude. I don't, it could be a thank you, any form of recognition, money, new business, could be a barter type situation, whatever you, as long as it, it aligns with, you know, what, what's important to you and why it's important, you receive without resistance. Mm. That, that alone will change the quality of your business personally and, and, and as a business overall and help you to, you know, maintain and sustain that harmony we talked about through the eight pillars of wellness. Thank you for all of that goodness, Christopher. I'm going to listen to this one again several times myself um, because you're just such a source of wisdom and inspiration. And um, yeah, so uh, remind people to stay tuned for my quick wrap up. And so Christopher, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm excited to share this episode uh, with my audience and um, to stay in touch with you and hopefully get on one of your shows in the near future. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all your wonderful listeners. You're welcome. I am sure that you're going to want to listen to this again with a pen and pencil um, because there was so much goodness. And I love how Christopher weaved the the personal growth in with how it impacts our businesses, how it makes us more magnetic to the people that we would attract. Um, before I do a little quickie wrap up, uh, just remember to go to lucydumascoaching.com, Lucy with an I, and you'll see those gifts. And also please subscribe, share this with your friends. Um, I love the, the comments and reviews that I get and, you know, and the stars on iTunes. Um, yeah. And so stay in touch. And okay, let's see. <laughs> um, Christopher shared about his background of being a perfectionist and codependent and his challenges in relationships and how when he changed, when his father said some things to him as he was, um, you know, before he passed, 
about who he wished he had been for Christopher, he decided he wanted a change. And so let's see, he talked about the importance of developing self-awareness, getting to the root cause of some of the things that are not working well in our lives. So one, awareness and commitment to the process. Two, meditation, journaling, and mindfulness. Three, create habits like making your bed, working out, reading, and those kinds of habits. Um, just anyway, those are number three. Four, have a daily routine that helps us get out of whatever our problem is and what the solution is. And really, this one is very valuable, especially as artists building our business is learning to create boundaries. And um, that's a big one for me as I learned to set boundaries in my business life, then I was able to take that more into my personal life. Some people do it the opposite, but I like that. Then we chatted a little about my favorite phrase is that we become the trusted advisor. And he said, it's a byproduct of this growth. And we align with people. Um, and when we're transparent and have integrity, and then when it comes time to present our product, we're sharing rather than telling. And then his eight pillars of wellness uh, that he shared, uh, we want to be in harmony. Balance is not doable. Harmony is. And so number one, social wellness, two, emotional well-being, three, physical, four, financial, five, spiritual, and not just our higher power, but our inner spiritual selves, six, intellectual awareness, being a learner, nurturing our minds, seven, occupational wellness, not just having a job that we love, but looking at um, kind of deeper perspective. And number eight was environmental wellness. So thank you again, Christopher. And thank you, listeners. Uh, this is a Monday, so I'm looking at a good new week. And um, so many great thoughts in this conversation that I'm going to be taking into my week. And okay, that's it. Until next time. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.